with Hashem Salp. We're learning today, Soita Davav. We left off on Davav Amadalif at the end of the top line. We are in the middle of different versions of what Rabbi Yosef responded to the following question. We learned in the Mishnah that when a woman becomes what we are calling a Suffolk Soita, when she's becoming legally suspected of committing adultery, in other words, there was both a kinoi and there was a stira. However, there are, we don't even have one witness that testified that she became tummy. So the halacha is that until she drinks the waters, the bitter waters, she's not allowed to be with her husband, she's not allowed to eat truma. However, she, through the drinking of the waters, can shed light as to whether she's innocent or, God forbid, guilty. However, if that woman died, if her husband died in that state, and the whole point of drinking of the waters is to know whether she's permitted to be with her husband or not, here there's no point anymore. He died. If they have no children and her husband had a brother or brothers paternally, so then normally there would be a mitzvah of doing yibum. Such a saita does not do yibum. However, she does chalitza. So the question is, why shouldn't she do Yibum? To which Ikeda Amri, the third version of what Rabbi Yosef responded is, and here in the third version, like we had in the second version, he's quoting the Pasik and Parshish Kiseitzi. The Pasik there is speaking about a man, Ki'ikach Ish Isha, a man is marrying a woman, and then the Pasik says, that if he finds something in her, that makes him feel that she's being promiscuous. So the Torah says that he divorces her. And she leaves his home. And she goes and she's allowed to get remarried to another man. So the question we had is that the word acher is extra. The Torah could have written she leaves his home and she goes to a man. Why does the Torah have to say the word acher? So the Pasik is hinting to this very case, that telling us that you should know that whoever she will get married to, that other husband is called a Acher. The word Acher literally means another, but in the Torah, the word Acher is used in a derogatory form. Like we find when it comes to idol worship, when it comes to idolatry, the Torah says, God forbid that someone is going to serve Elohim, Achedim, other gods, so to say, in a derogatory form. So, HaKos of Kuroi Acher, which means, She'ein Zeb ben that the second husband is not considered equal to the first husband. He's considered a Acher compared to the first husband. Why is that? Because the first husband divorced her because there was an Ervas David in her. There was something wrong in her. And and the second husband is taking this non-kosher woman into his home. So the Torah is speaking down to the second husband. So if the Torah is looking down at the second husband, calling him an acher, so what are you asking? You're saying that the brother of this man's, of the man who passed away, should have a mitzvah to do yibum. Why would he have a, a mitzvah to do yibum? This is a woman that, she became a suffix saita 
and therefore no man should marry her. And again, as we learned yesterday in the second answer, obviously, if a person chooses to marry her, that's his choice. But for the Torah to command a mitzvah, how can that be? Amalei Abaya, so Abaya asks, if you are telling me that being that this woman has in her a ervas davar, she is misbehaving, and therefore the Torah doesn't want anyone to do yibum with her. So Abaya asks a fantastic question. What will happen if Nisa Isla'acher, a woman who became the suffix Saitam, and the husband passed away, and she'd had chalitza, and she married another person, and the Torah is calling that other person an Acher, because why should he marry her? She's a Rishah. And then that new husband, that second husband, again died without children. Now the din there would be that she will fall to Yibum, to her seconds, to her second uh, husband's brother, or to one of the brothers. So should we say, would we say, should we say that there should never be a mitzvah of Yibum, because the hakos of Kuroi Acher, and the din is that she does have an obligation to do Yibum, if they want to. But why? Answers the Gemara, when it comes to her being married to the second husband, being that she did nothing wrong during that marriage. So as far as the second husband is concerned, she has a good name. Like Rashi says, she did tshuva. So therefore, if the second husband dies, there is a mitzvah yibum. But when she's leaving the first marriage, in which she became a suffix saita, there the logic dictates that if the Torah calls the new husband who might marry her in Acher, there is no mitzvah of Yibum. So we have the three versions of what Rabbi Yosef answered, and now the Gemara says, Rav Amman. Rav gives the following answer. I don't need to have a Pasik, but I have a Kalva explaining why a suffix saita should not, is not allowed to undergo Yibum. And what's the Kalva that in Nesra b'mutarla, she became prohibited with the one that she was permitted to be with, which is the first husband, as we spoke out, from the moment she becomes a legal halachic suffix soita, she's no longer allowed to be with her husband until she drinks the waters. So until that point, she became prohibited to the one with whom she's permitted. So ba'asrla, to her brother-in-law, don't forget that marrying one's husband's brother Outside the case of Yibum is an erva. You're not allowed to marry what we call Ashes, Ach, your brother's wife. So to the brother, she's already prohibited. So Lloyd Kolchren, is it, is it not for sure, Avada, that even if her husband dies, there is no mitzvah of Yibum. That's Rava's Kalvachimer. So Amalei Abai Abai tells Rava, if you are to apply such a Kalvachimer, I have a question. What's my question? Elamiyata. When you have a Kain Gadol, that if a Kain Gadol gave Kiddushin to a widow, now a Kain Gadol is not allowed to marry a widow. A Kain Gadol needs to marry a woman that was never married before. However, if he did it, and that's Taka something that he should not have done, the Kiddushin that he gave her goes into effect. He, not, he needs to give her a get. Before he gave her a get, if umes, if the coin gadol passes away, and and the coin gadol with this woman, with whom he should not have married, had no children, and he has one brother who is a coin, and the din there would be that there is the mitzvah of yibum. And by the way, for the brother, there's nothing wrong for the brother doing yibum with her because a coin hedit is allowed to marry a almana. He can only not marry a Gerusha. 
And this is one of the cases that the Mishnah and Yavam is that Feidal attack accounts where you have a scenario where a woman is prohibited to her husband, but she's permitted to her Yavam. So the question is, you, Rabbi Hava Kalvachemir, why don't we say the same Kalvachemir? She should not be allowed to do Yibum. Why not? Same logic. She's not allowed to be with her husband. Now, really, her husband is never really mutarla. That's going to be the answer. But her husband, with whom she's married, she's not allowed to be, is ba'asrla to her, the isr again of Eishas Ach, meaning her brother's, her husband's brother, is like kolchchein, that she should not be allowed to do yibum, but there the mitzvah is that there is yibum, to which the Gemara responds, Yehavel by using the words, Nesra b'mutarla. That's not correct. Nesra. It's not Nesra, she didn't become prohibited. She's always prohibited to be with her current husband, the Kain Gadol. Again, you're using the words Mutarla, a question mark. That's not Mutarla, Asarhurla. So therefore, that's not a proper analogy. So you don't have a question with your Kabbalah. However, Rabbi is not done. Ask Sabaya Torova one second. I have another question. Elam, what will be in a scenario? Aishas Kayan, if there is a Kayan married to a woman and his wife was Ne'ensa, his wife got raped, God forbid. And as we learned together, actually based on Psukim and Saita, that in Pasikud Gimel, where it says that the Eid Einba, and we learned the Braisa in the beginning of the Masechle that that actually means that when there are no two witnesses, but there is one witness, that that she became Tommy. And the Torah adds, she was not forced. So then, the way we were learning that verse, then they're not allowed to be together, and she's not a suffix Saita. There's no point of drinking the waters because one witness is believed. Now, why did the Torah add the words that she was not forced? That implies that if she was forced, in other words, there was a relation, an act of cohabitation with her against her will, then she will be permitted to be with her husband. And on that, the Chazal teach us that she was not forced, but there was another woman, even if she is forced, God forbid, she's not allowed to be with her husband. And that is a woman who's married to a Kayin. That's actually the source that an Aisha's Kayin, even if her relation with another man was against the will, she's not allowed to be with her husband. So now the question is, Aisha's Kayin, if she was Nansom, and the din would be she's not allowed to be with her husband, and he has to give her a get. But Umeis, the husband, the Kayin, passed away before he gave her a get. Now, normally, if this husband's brother is a kosher kayan, there too there will not be the din of Yibum because a kayan cannot marry a woman that even was raped in a marriage even, if, even when that happened when she was not married to him. Oh, it's this woman that was Nensa not only cannot be with her husband the kayan, but when he gives her a get or if he dies, when he gives her a get she becomes a gerusha. Even if he dies and therefore, as a widow, she would be allowed to be with any other kain in marriage. The fact that she was Nensa during a marriage, she cannot be with any other kain. But there's an exception to that. There's a possibility that a kain who's kosher can have a paternal brother that is called a cholol. For example, this kain's father married another woman that was a divorcee and fathered the child. So it's his paternal brother 
But being that he was born from a marriage that a kain is not allowed to have, the status of the child is called a chalol, and this chalol is allowed to marry a woman, even if she was violated in a marriage. So what's going to be the scenario in this case? You have a Aish, you have a Kayan, Shenensa, and then he dies, and the Yeshle Achalo. And the Din actually there is the brother Dazibum if he wants to. But why don't we use your Kavochaim Rava and say that Loitis Yabim, that they should not be allowed to do Yibum. Why? Because Imnensa, Imnasraba Mutterla, she through becoming violated became prohibited with her husband. And here we're finding a case that initially the marriage was Bemutterla. A Kain married a woman. That's Mutter. And then, God forbid, she's raped. So she becomes Usser to her husband. So why don't we say, that her husband's brother, that to begin with, there is the violation of an Ashes Ach, is like that she should never be allowed to do Yibum with the husband's brother, even if he's a Chalol, but that's not the Din. But why don't we make the Kalvachemer? Says the Gemara, that being that he's a Chalol, the fact that she was ne'enas, the fact that she was violated as far as the brother, the chalul, is concerned, that is of no consequence. That is of no, of no signif- halachic significance. And v'gabadahai, in other words, regarding the chalul, there is no isur. Or using the words of Rashi, in the case of our Mishnah, when there was a man and his brother, they both start out on the same footing. They're both equals. So a man marries his wife, Reuven marries Rivka. And then, God forbid, Rivka becomes a Suffolk Saita. They know what she did something that made her usher on Reuven. So for sure, that act should make her usher on Shimon. Because when she became the Suffolk Saita, while she was married, she was already prohibited to be with Shimon. And on top of that, she became a Saita. That is where we have the Kalvo Chaymer, that if Nesra, the Mutterla, is Avad Nesra on the brother that's usher to begin with. Masha'enkin, in the example that Abai is using in his question, a koyin and a chalol don't begin on the same setting. They're already not the same. One is a halachic koyin, and one halachically is not a koyin. And the act of her being violated is only an issue as far as a koyin is concerned. It's not of, of consequence as far as the brother is concerned. That's why we don't apply this Kalvo because there is no Kalvo And indeed, if the Kayin passes away, the Ach, the Cholol, has the mitzvah too and is permitted to make Yibum with this woman. And let's go on to the next Mishnah. So in the first Mishnah, the Mishnah explained that when a woman becomes a presumptive Saita, a suffix Saita, she is temporarily, and I'm using that word, Bedavka, temporarily she cannot be with her husband. She temporarily cannot eat truma if she's married to a kayin because halacha says she might have committed adultery. So we take that doubt into account. But she can resolve that doubt by drinking the waters. And if she drinks the waters and survives, then she can be with her husband. Then she can eat truma. In other words, the isur anasafik soita, not to eat truma, is a temporary prohibition. However, contrasting with that, says our Mishnah, Ve'elu, we are going to give right now five different cases that Asura Betruma, that they will be permanently prohibited in having Truma. What will be those five cases? Case number one, when this wife tells her husband that I actually committed adultery. Now, by the way, Toysavis points out 
the Mishnah Nadarim that we learned here together that tells us, you know, there are many dinim that the Mishnah calls the Mishnah Rishayna and the Mishnah Achrayna. Or Bereshayna Hayo Aymrim, and then Basayif, they changed. In the times of the Mishnah, they changed the ruling. And there, that Mishnah in the Dorim gives three cases. One of the three cases is regarding a woman who tells her husband that she committed adultery. That initially they believed her. But then later, they had a fear that Shema Nosna Eneho Ba'acher, that she might have decided that she wants to marry another party. And, but she's married to her husband. So she's trying, so to say, to force her husband to divorce her. And therefore, she's claiming and she's saying something that's not true, that she had a willing relation with another man. But we don't believe her. Not only do we not believe her, and she's motetas to be with her husband, but more than that, there does a machlekes toisus brings from rabsheishes and rabon regarding what happens if this woman is married to a kohen. So sometimes you say that shadia anavsheichatich de yisura. What she is saying, she had a relation with another man. So rabba says she cannot eat ruma. Rabsheishes says not only do we not believe her regarding her being allowed to be with her husband, she's allowed to eat ruma. So the question is, how can Apsheshis and Amayda make such a statement when this mission is clearly saying that that she can never eat Ruma? Answers Toysva is to make it clear that our mission is speaking only where she already became a Suffolk Saita. In other words, there was a Kinoi and there was a Stira. And now she's admitting that during that seclusion, she actually consummated the relation. Now, as we say, there's a raglayim mudavar that it actually happened. In such a case, Rav Sheshish is maida. We talk a believer. She's asura to eat ruma. The case in Adarim is where the husband doesn't know anything. She never became, she was never warned, or she never became a halachic soita. And out of the blue, she tells her husband, I have to confess, I had a relation with another man. There, not only, according to the latter Mishnah, do we not believe her vis-a-vis the marriage, she's talking even allowed to eat ruma. We bechal don't believe her. But that's not the case here. We're speaking about a suffix soita. So that's case number one. That's right. That's right. No, 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 no. There's two ways of doing that. We're going to go to this right now. There's a woman that says, I'm innocent, but I don't want to drink the waters. Versus there's a woman that says, I'm guilty. So that, we believe her. Even according to the Apsheshis. Because that's it. Well, it's not a chiddush. It's just to make it clear. The Mishnah doesn't have to. It's contrasting. A woman who becomes a woman who was forewarned. So Toysavis clarifies that the case of the Mishnah is speak, we're already speaking about the Saita. That after she's a Saita, so right now she's temporarily ushered to have Truma. She has to wait to drink the waters. The moment she says now, she's done. Because Shitaka can't drink the waters. Or, if witnesses come and say that she became defiled, and the question, as the Gemara will point out, will be, Pshita. I mean, if you believe her, and Bechal and Halacha, there's a concept that ain't other mesam atzmai rasha. But here, because of Raglaim Lodavar, you believe her, so of course you're going to believe Aiden. We'll get to that in a moment. The third case will be, Here, uh, Yaakov, the woman is saying, I'm innocent. But I don't want to drink. So the same halach. If you don't want to drink, so then whatever the isur is now, being that it can get resolved, because you never force a woman to drink against her will, so then she be, she's permanently ushered to eat truma. Case number four. It's not really permanent. It's just as long as she's not going to have it's, Correct. 
number four, as we spoke out when we learned the beginning, it says in the Pasuk, So we learned that the husband is bringing her. He also has to want. And if he, for whatever reason, says, I don't want her to drink, it could be, I mean, there's many reasons why he would say that, that he has feelings for his wife. He's not angry with her that she, had a, she committed adultery, but it's his wife, and he knows that she's going to die. Or, or that. Or, number five, that's the fifth case. Here's the case that we spoke about, here it's clear, that if, after, as Rashi brings down the Pasuk, it says that, that after the whole procedure, the man is clean from sin. What does it have to do with the man? From here, Chazal learned that when does the whole waters work? When the husband is clear from sin. But if, this case in the Mishnah, if after she became a Suffolk Saita, if the husband had another relation with his wife, he was not allowed to do so, so now the waters won't work. Ah, if the waters won't work, so now she's going to be permanently Asura to eat Truma. Says Rav Amram, this is Gvaldik. Amr Rav Amram, you should know that Hamilsam Rapsheshes taught us a halacha, as he'll say in a moment. And the halacha is a chiddish. And not only did Rapsheshes teach us an halacha, but va'anhar lon einin, he enlightened our eyes, he proved that halacha, me must listen from our Mishnah. So what is the halacha that Rapsheshes taught, that he later proved from our Mishnah? So Rapsheshes says, and that's going to be today's sugya, that soita shiyesh lo edim, bimedina sayam, that if there are witness, witnesses that saw that this woman became defiled, we don't even know that they exist. They're not here. For example, they are overseas. They don't have to be overseas. But if there are in the world witnesses that knows that this woman became defiled, and being that no one knew about it, she went ahead and she drank the waters, you should know the test of the waters, meaning she drinks the bitter waters, and there the Torah says that if she committed adultery, she's going to die a gruesome death. If she didn't commit adultery, she shouldn't have been secluded, but if she didn't do the act, then not only does she not get cursed, she gets blessed. If she couldn't have children, she's going to have children. If she was sick, she becomes healthy. If the children were sick, she's going to have healthy children, etc., as we'll see later. If there are witnesses that know that she became defiled, the waters won't work. Meaning she won't die, but it's not shot she won't die because she's innocent. She's guilty. The waters only work when no one knows what happened. Now, weird, initially, what was the base of that halacha? So they brought a Pasik. And this Pasik is, as we'll see in a moment, this Pasik, we, in the beginning of the Mesechte, translated completely different. Which is why this Pasik was not enough. Which is why Rapsheshis brought us our Mishnah. What's the Pasik? Again, we're going now to the portion of Saita, in Chumash Nasai, that's Bamidbar Perekei, Pasik Yud Gimel. And that whole Seder is a little bit unusual because before the Torah says in Pasuk 14 that and we don't know whether she is or not Tameh, in the Pasuk prior to that, it says that she became defiled. So it says, says the Gesed Apsheshes, it says, now he's learning Pasuk Yud Gimel, not the way we learned it on that Beisam and Beisam the Brais. He's learning Pasuk Yud Gimel is also speaking about a Saita. And the Torah is telling you that when will this whole parsha of Saita work? When the Eid Eid Ba, 
meaning the lack of the other, but no one knows what happened. But but when there are Adim that know that she became defiled, so then the waters won't work. And like Rashi points out, I, we learned in that Beisamit Beis, that Pasuk Gimel is speaking about a case where there is one witness that testified that she became Tommy. And that's the whole point, that one aid will be believed, because Raglayim Ludover. So says Rashi, since Ein Mikri Yitzimidei and when you read the Parsha Shait Saita, it appears that the Torah is speaking always about the same case. That there's a woman, that Taka was warned, and had Stira, but we don't know what happened. So if a, based on the Ein Mikri Yitzimidei Pshutai, this will be the Pshutai. That when does, does the dinam of Saita work? When there are no witnesses. But when you have witnesses, even if they're Medina Sayam, we don't even know that there are witnesses. But if there are witnesses, the waters will not work. Now, being that Take, the Pasuk, could be interpreted as we did in Daf, Bezim and Bezim, the Braisa, that's why Dapsheshis wasn't happy with the proof of the Pasuk. So he went ahead and he proved this halacha from our Mishnah. The Anhad Lon Einen, and he enlightened our eyes, as many of the Achreinim point out, that Rapsheshis was a Saginor. So he was blind. So the Gemara likes using these expressions that, you know, blind Begashmias. That Rapsheshis, he was the one that enlightened our eyes. He proved it to us from our Mishnah. How did he prove it from our Mishnah? In our Mishnah, it says, What's the second case? That witnesses come, that she's Tomei. And the Mishnah says, Then this woman can never eat Rumah. Says the Gemara, one second. The Asu Edim Emas. Exactly when did those witnesses come? If the Mishnah is speaking about a case that witnesses came before she drank the waters, then she's a Zaina. If her admission, is believed, as we spoke out, normally Ein Adam Mesim Atzmei Rasha. On top of that, in a marriage, we say, Halachically, Shema Nosna Einel Ba'acher, but here we believe her, so Avada, two Edim will be believed. So why did the Mishnah even need to say the case? It must be that witnesses came, Lebasar Dishesoy, witnesses came after she drank. And the Mishnah is saying that even though she drank the waters and she didn't die, when witnesses come, since we believe the witnesses, she can never eat Ruma. Hold a second. Doesn't make sense. If the procedure of the drinking of the waters works, the Torah says it works, true that normally we can't say maybe the witnesses are liars. We have to interrogate them. Kedasu Kedin. But if they underwent the Hakira and the Drisha, then we accept them. However, now that the Torah gave us a foolproof system of drinking the waters, which proves whether she's innocent or guilty, if the waters work, then if witnesses come, the witnesses should not be believed. The, the, the procedure of the drinking of the water should be the proof that the witnesses are liars. But we see in our Mishnah that even if the witnesses come after she drank the waters, we'll believe the testimony from the witnesses, she cannot eat truma. Aha, that proves the din of Rapsheshes. Because now that witnesses come, that reveals there were witnesses. And the din is that if there are witnesses, even the Medina Sayam, that she became defiled, the, the procedure of the waters do not work. So that's why she didn't die. So so then it makes sense why we'll believe the witnesses. And therefore she can never eat Ruma. But But if, as long as you follow the system, the procedure of the waters, that is a raya as to whether she had a relation or not, and she drank the waters and she didn't die. So there should be a proof that the Sadi Shakti, you know, that the witnesses are liars. That's the proof of Rapsheshes. To which this is a great daf. To which Rabbi Yosef tells Rapsheshes, what kind of proof is that? 
Really, I'm going to tell you that even if there are witnesses that live in Medina Sayyam, if she underwent the procedure, the procedure works. So what's your question? She drank the waters and she didn't die. That means she's innocent. Why are we believing the witnesses? There is another reason which can explain why even though she's guilty, she lived. Which is a concept that we're going to start learning in Dafchav, whether it's chus or not. And we're going to learn, there's a three-way machlekes rapsheshes. Chachamim and Rebbe, I'm sorry, Rapshimen. The Tana Rapshimen, Chachamim and Rebbe. Let's leave Rapshimen out for a moment. There is a shita that holds that's chus which means that if she has the merit, we'll learn later, the greatest merit is the merit of Taira. And we'll find exactly what is that merit of Taira that the woman has. She's not a Mutsuva Vaisa. We'll get to that later in the Gemara. But then, even if she committed adultery, she won't immediately die. So now that witnesses come, says Rabbi Yosef to Rabbi Sheshus, you have no proof. Because the witnesses didn't testify. Either our witnesses in Medina Sayyam, that doesn't affect the test of the waters. But she lived. She's innocent. Living doesn't always mean innocence. That's the whole point we get in a moment. Now, Rabbi Sheshus obviously didn't hold of that. Rabbi Sheshus held that will not prove she's innocent. So explains the Gemara what is the real argument between Rabsheshes, who used our Mishnah as a proof, and Rabbi Yosef, who doesn't necessarily argue with the Din. All he is saying is that our Mishnah is not a proof. The question is, the word misnavna means wasting away. What is the wasting away? The Tanan, let's learn the Mishnah. Rebbe says, Rebbe disagrees with Rab Shemin. Rebbe holds that is Taila. The word Taila means it leaves her hanging. This Lushan, this word in Chazal, means that when a punishment is supposed to affect a person, Sometimes we can do something which will stop the punishment from, from getting us for a while. That's the meaning of Taylor. Schuz, she's going to die. But the merit of Taylor, up to three years, can leave her alive. However, Rabbi says, Schuz Taylor, but during those three years, she's not going to have birth. The blessings that she gets if she's innocent, if she's guilty, she's not going to get. She won't, give, she won't have children. She won't thrive as the other brachas, as we'll learn later, happens to women that are innocent. Ella, according to the she immediately starts to waste away. In other words, there are physical symptoms on her body that one can notice. She's deteriorating, and at the end, she dies. The Chachamim hold that she doesn't die the death that the Torah prescribes, if she has a schus. Her stomach doesn't blow up, her thighs do not collapse. We'll get to those details later. So the Chachamim and Rebbe for sure argue as to what happens at the end. Rebbe says at the end, she dies the way a Saita dies. The Chachamim hold because of schus at the end, she'll die another death, but she won't die this horrible death. But the question is, are they only arguing as to what happens at the end? They might also be arguing as to what happens right away. Rapsheshis holds, even though the Chachamim say she won't implode, but he misnavna, she will immediately start to deteriorate. So let's go back to our case in the Mishnah. If a woman drinks the waters, even if she has chus she's going to start wasting away. If she doesn't waste away, if the waters always work, that should be a proof that she's innocent. 
And if that were to be the case, even when witnesses come, we shouldn't believe the witnesses. The fact that the Mishnah says we believe the witnesses is a raya, that if our Edom and Medina Sayyam, the waters do not work. Rabbi Yosef holds that the Rebbe have a misnabba. Only Rebbe holds that she starts to deteriorate. But according to the Chachamim, and our Mishnah will be Chachamim, not only is Chos Taylor that at the end she doesn't die the horrible death, but Lehava Misnavna. A woman can drink waters and nothing, nothing will happen to her initially, up until three years. So her not being Misnavna, Taka is why Rabbi Yosef challenges the proof of Rabbi Sheshis. Good. So now, says the Gemara, of Rabbi Barashi, I am going to challenge you, Rabbi Sheshis. How can you say that if there are witnesses overseas, the waters don't work? Let's look at Rabbi Shimon again. Rabbi Shimon says, Rabbi disagrees with Shus and he gives two great reasons. Reason number one, because So number one, you are undermining the whole waters. In other words, what the goal, the goal was to get her to admit. So you warned her. If you're going to drink, you're going to have this horrible death. Admit. Admit. So you'll get a get. But you're not going to die. But if women know that's Chostayla, so first of all, the ones who are guilty won't be afraid to drink. And number two, Rab Shimon says, how do people view others who, went, who underwent this procedure? So if we are observing a Saita, and she drinks the water, and she doesn't die, so without the concept of Chostayla, other people will stop gossiping about her. Aha, you see, she's innocent. Proven. Done. But now, if you're going to accept the concept of schus says Rab Shimon, there can be a woman that's taka innocent, that drank the waters, but still people will gossip about her. And they're going to say, really, that woman was Tameh. But they didn't die right now. That's, that's the point that Rab Shimon makes. Asks the Gemara, so if you, Rab Shashas, are right, that there's another cause as to why the waters will not work. So you have the same question, at least the second question. The, that if you say, A woman who's innocent that's going to drink will never get that, 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 that cloud off her head. Everyone is going to say, So the Gemara now initially says, Let up Shimon come out. You're challenging Rabsheshes from the Tana Rabshimen. That's not a question. Now we're going to change this later. Now the Gemara says, Rabshimen, that me does chus leitalia, edem nami leitalo, and achanami. According to Rabshimen, he doesn't hold chus taila. Rabshimen also will not hold of the din of Rabsheshes. Our Mishnah, which is a proof to Rabsheshes, is not Rabshimen. It's Rebbe, it's Rabbanon, and chus taila. And Aiden the Medina Sayyam doesn't allow the waters to work. And again, we're going to find out later that that's not correct. Again, Mosav Rav against Rabsheshes. And he continues quoting the Mishnah we'll find later in Saita. Part of the procedure of a Saita is that she brought the, a, a, she brings a Karban Mincha. The Karban Mincha is the only individual flower sacrifice in the base of Mikdash that is brought from barley. Bechlal, all of the karbanois, menachais, are brought from wheat, from chitim. There are two exceptions. As a communal carbon, the oimer comes from barley, and as an individual carbon is the carbon of a saita. Now, 
Bechlal, when it comes to Karbanos, or when it comes to Menachos, that once something acquires Kedushas Haguf, because it was sanctified in a utensil, if we're speaking here about a Mincha, then if it cannot be offered on the Mizbeach, it's not that you can redeem it and then with its money buy something kosher. That could be done if the, this that we're discussing only has Kedushas Mamein. But once it has intrinsic Kedusha, so then there were certain piles of fire. There was, at the first one, there was a pile of ashes on the side of the ramp going up to the Mizbeach that all of the Psuli Hamikdashim needed to be burned there. So says the Mishnah, the Mishnah starts counting cases about a mincha of a Saitam that at some point becomes so disqualified after it already acquired Kedusha Saguf and there's nothing you can do with it other than burning it in this pile of ashes, turning to Davavam and Beis, says the Mishnah that Ho'imeres Temeyani was after the Mincha was put in the Klishadis, that's the key. If she only brought the ingredients, but it was not yet sanctified in a holy utensil, and then she admits, I'm defiled. So then since Take this Kedushas Hapeh, as Rashi says, they were going to, des- it was designated. So its value is holy, but it doesn't have that much Kedusha, it could be redeemed. But if it was already put in a clay shadis, and then she admits, I'm Tomei, so then, so then there's nothing you can do with it other than burning it. Or, Vishubola Edim Shi again, the same case, witnesses at a certain point come ahead and say, that she's Tomei, and the waters will no longer work. See, that thing is that the Mincha is part of the procedure of her drinking the waters. The whole purpose of drinking the waters is when there is a doubt and there's a possibility that she might be Tehaira. The moment the procedure does not work, there's no point in making the procedure. So then the Mincha has to be burnt. Why do you bring the Mincha before that? Like, I mean, like, the Mincha is part of the procedure. Once it was consecrated, and now witnesses come, the din will be that since it acquired Kedusha Saguf, that's what the Mishnah is saying, it has to be burnt. Now ask the Gemara, one second, the Asi Edim Amos, exactly when did the witnesses come? What you're saying, Shlema, if the witnesses come before it was put in the Klishores, then Tepik Luchulin, it should go out to Chulin, through Rashi says, not automatically, being that it was designated for the carbon, there is some Kedusha in it, but you should be able to redeem it. Elot must be that when did the witnesses come, Labasar the Kaddish, after it was sanctified in the Klishores, asks the Gemara the following. If we do not accept the din of Rapsheshes, up until the point of the witnesses coming, even though they existed, the procedure would have worked, even though there are witnesses out there in the world. So it means that when you sanctified it, you sanctified something correctly. Alma, Bas, Migdash, Umikrafi. That is why now that Adam come and you, can go, you cannot go through with it. So now you have to burn it. Because before the witnesses came, then what you were doing was something correct. But if Rapshashis is right, if witnesses knew somewhere in the world that she was Tomei, the whole procedure doesn't work. So why don't we say Tiglai Milsalamafreya? Doesn't this reveal the Chikadish Me'ikara that even when you put it in a Klishadis, Bitaus Kadosh? 
as Rashi says the words here in the fourth line, Dichlishadis Mikachin only as Haroi Lahem. Now we discovered it was never Ra'i, it never would have worked. So it's Hegdish Betos, which means it was never really Hegdish. So putting it in the clay shot should have no bearing. So why does it have to get burned? To prove that Rapshashis is wrong, says the Gemara Amr of Yehuda Mediskarta. So it says Rabbi Mediskarta, Rapshashis is right. And therefore, the case of the Mishnah cannot be where Adam came now. And they said that she had a relation while she was secluded, because now we discovered that those Adam were out there. Then the whole procedure was Bita'us, and Takadis Mincha will not be burnt. We're speaking about a case that a woman in the Stira did not, did not become contaminated. And no Adam, therefore, there's no Adam. Or we don't know what happened. There are no Adam. The Adam that are coming are Adam that are claiming that she had Zenus now in the base Amigdash. Which means that as long as when this barley was put in the Klisharis, the procedure could have worked, it was no Taos, that's why it's sanctified. And now the Mishnah says, if Adam come and say, right now she had a relation with another man, so right now she can't drink. And the whole point of drinking of the waters is to make her mutter labayla, she's also to be with her husband, because now she had a relation with another man. And that's why the Mishnah says, the mincha has to be burnt. So asks Rab Misharshia, how can that be technically? That a woman in the Azara, God forbid, had a relation with another man. This woman didn't go on her own. Her husband brought her to the basin. The basin took her to Yerushalayim with her husband. And then there she was given over to the young Kahanim that slept her here and slept her there. And there was a lot of walking her around in order to inspire her to desist from drinking the waters. But people are being malava her. Answers the Gemara, so what? It could be that one of those Kahanim had a relation with her. Or, Ravashi gives another answer, just because she's being accompanied, she's being walked with young Kahanim, what does that mean? That she never had a moment when she was by herself where she had an opportunity? For example, she needed to go to the bathroom. What, were the young Kahanim hanging from her head covering? So she, she went off by herself, and that's the only case where the Mishnah says that if Aden came, that she was Mizana now, that's when the Mincha is Nisrefis. Rav Papi gives a better answer, and he says that Rav Sheshis is right. And it's very unusual that she'll have an act of Zunus in the base Amigdash. So that the witnesses that are coming are saying that she had a tuma in the seclusion. I, you are asking because of the din of Rapsheshes that now we discovered that the whole thing was bitaus because it's not roila. So therefore, the, the act of putting it in the klishada should not give it kedusha saguf. You're right, it doesn't. It doesn't. And really, you should be able to redeem it. I, the Mishnah says, you have to burn it. That's only Midrabanan. And why is that? People don't know the din that if there are Adim out there in the world, the Mayamanat Baidik. People don't know that. People are going to see the Kahanam taking the barley, putting it in the clay sharas. True, they're going to hear later Adim came. 
but it was already in the Klishares. And the rule normally is, once something has Kedusha Saguf, it cannot be redeemed. So if you're going to redeem it, they're going to mistakenly apply this in other cases. So only Midrabanan doesn't have to be burned. And this is something the Gemara is going to have a problem with. How can you say that even when a Mincha doesn't really have Kedusha Saguf? Since it went into a clay shot is midrabanan, they're, they're always going to say, you got to burn it, can't redeem it. He's going to ask from the following b'raisa. And the b'raisa speaks about like this, just to speak it out by heart, one more detail. Until now, we were just mentioning the ger- generic putting the flower in a clay shot is, which is correct. But really, in most menachis, from which a kayan took out the kemitzah, which means the kemitzah, as we learned together, that the kayin, it's one of the avoidus in the base of you have to know how to do it. You put your hand in a particular way inside that bowl of the prepared flour, and you took out three fingers full of whatever that flour with oil, or whatever those broken pieces of matzah bread, as we learned in Meretz Hashem HaMasechtas out. And then with the thumb and with the pinky, the kayin made sure that nothing is protruding from these three fingers. And then... The coin would take what's called the kemitzah and he would put it in a second clay shadis. And as we learned, and we'll learn many times, that by the avoided there were four key steps. By the animal, the four key steps is shechita, even though it's kshayda bazar, it's one of the four steps. The slaughtering, the kabbalah sadam, the hoylacha to the mizbeach, and the zrika. But you have the same four by every carbon mincha, and that will be what is in the place of shechita, the kemitzah. And what's the Kabbalah that they took the Kemitzah and they put it in a second Klishadis? No one went up the Mizbeach with the flower in the hand. They put it in a Klishadis. Then there was the Hailacha. And then the Haktadas, Hamincha, is like the Zrikas Hadam. So let, just have that in mind to get the little detail in this Brais. So let me say, Minchasa, if Mincha became Tomei, says the Brais, actually, Kitshabikli, if it became Tomei before it went in, even the first clay shot is, being that there is no Kedusha Saguf in any of it, even though there's Kedusha Sapeh, which causes Kedusha Smamain, Kedusha Sapeh means it was designated, then Tipade. It's redeemed. The money is used to buy Tahar flour. And that can be eaten. But the moment it acquired Kedusha Saguf, says the Braisa, like we just learned, if it becomes Tameh, nothing you can do. Now, continues the Braisa, what's going to happen if Kadash HaKoymetz, if not only was the general offering in the first Klishadis, but the client already took out the Kemitzah, and the Kemitzah went into a new Klishadis, and in example, in the case of Osaita, both the husband and the wife need to be alive during the procedure because the purpose of the procedure is that maybe she's innocent and she now will be able to go back to her husband. Once she's not going back to her husband anyway, there's no point of doing the procedure. So if either of them die, since it was already sanctified with Kedushas, Haguf, However, continues the Braisa, what happens, here's the Chiddush, that the Kayan took off the Kemitzah, and caught of HaKaymetz. Now, what goes on the Mizbeach is only the Kemitzah, but the remaining, it's called the Shirayim, of the flower offering that's in the first Klishadis, is normally divided amongst the Mishmar of the Kahanam that worked that week, that day, to the Beisav, to the Mishmar. So if it became Tomei after 
the kamitza was offered. I'm sorry, if he or she died before they ate the shenayim. So here the Braise wants to teach you the kahanim can eat the shenayim. Because the ikar avayda, like by the animal, is to offer it on the mezbeach. And once it was offered on the mezbeach properly, even though that as far as we are concerned now, she didn't drink the water, she died. If during the time that the mincha was offered, everything was, was going according to the procedure, so we allow the kahanim to eat the shirayim. I, right now she can't drink the waters, either because she died or because the husband died. Because since you were bringing it to clarify the doubt, and while they brought the kemitza, kipra, sveika, kipra doesn't mean a kapara. Kipra here means it accomplished its purpose. So the purpose was accomplished even though v'halchula, but the shirayim can be eaten. That's a good rule to remember when it comes to all the karbanis. Because the avayda was done already. However, here's the question. However, Bola edim shitimeyam. And here, as Toysavis points out, this clause must be when it was already sanctified in the first klishadis, because it, we're going to see it's a case where there is kedusha sagof, but... They didn't yet put the kemitzah in the second klishares, and now witnesses came and said that she's tummy. According to Rapshashis, being that now we found out there was witnesses, the whole procedure was a mistake. According to Rapshashis, Midoiraisa, the sanctification didn't sanctify. But, Midrabanan, people shouldn't think the din is going to be, it has to get burnt. That it. So then the din is minchas and israfis. And again, the way we are learning midrabanan. Because really, midrabanan is igloi muslim afreya. And now says the final case of the b'raisa, nimsu eideh zoimimim. What happens if the eideh stira are proven to be liars? And bikitzer, just for the time, we'll learn a lot more of eideh zoimimim, emir tzashem and mesech tzmakes, and in many other places. But the second group of witnesses that said that she was secluded with that man, with whom the husband said, don't be secluded with him, those witnesses were proven not even to be there. And there are circumstances in which the Torah believes the other new group that is saying that they were not there, they were with them, and now they're proven to be liars. Which means that a Muslim Afreya, that she never was a Saita. So the whole procedure was, not, was nothing. Says the Braisam in Chasachulin, even if it was already sanctified in a Klishadis, it can be redeemed. Now, end of Braisa. No, she's not a Saita. She's not a No, she's not a She becomes a Sophic Saita if she had Stira. So now the question is you just explained that according to Rabsheshis, even when Igloi Mosalam Afreya, that she was never undergoing the procedure, there's no point of the procedure. Midrabanan. People shouldn't think that something that was in a klishadis can go out l'chulin, that Rabbanan always decreed min chasen esrefes. So why should Edom Zayimim be different? Why don't we say mid Rabbanan min chasen esrefes? Doesn't this disprove this whole opinion? Answers the Gemara, no. Edom Zayimim kamart. You're asking me from Edom Zayimim. Edom Zayimim. When two witnesses come and say that the Edistira were liars, then kola isluhu. Everyone is going to find out about it. No one is going to say, Shema Yoimru, that something that was in a klishadis goes lechulin. People understand what happened here. What happened here? She was never a saita. 
people will understand that she was never a Saita, they'll understand why the Klishadis was not Magdish, that flower. Masha Enkin, when it comes to the Din of Rapsheshis, not everyone knows the Din of Rapsheshis. People don't know that if there were Aden in Medina Sayam, even though they weren't here, the Mayim are not Boitkin. People don't know that. So it's going to look like something was in the Klishadis, and it's going Lechulin. So only there, Midrabanan, did they say Nisrefes. Now the Gemara says, let's finish this up. Now we're going to find a Braisa that's going to substantiate the Din of Rapsheshis, that if there are Edim, that she became Tomei, then the Mayim will not work. However, the the Tomei, not based on the Pasuk that he brought, not based on the Mishnah that we learned, but from a complete different proof. What's the proof? At the end of the Parsha Saita in the Torah, in Pasik Chavches, the Torah says that after she drinks the waters, if she never became defiled with that man. So now the Torah says the words, these words are extra. Means that she's Tahar. But the so then the Torah says two things. First of all, Vinixa. Vinixa means that she's going to be innocent from punishment. She's going to be cleansed from the punishment that could have happened, that happens to a guilty woman. And the Torah gives her a bracha that Vinizra Azara, that she'll start giving birth and more of the brachas later. The question is, Utahirahi is extra. So actually, the Braisa doesn't only find two words extra, but we're going to say that the words Tahira is extra. The word he is extra, and the vav before tahira, u tahira, that is also extra. So we're going to learn three dinim from it. So the word tahira comes to teach us, says the Braisa, the din of Rapshashis, that that when she drinks the water and she doesn't die, you know when it proves that she is innocent. Only if she takes innocent. But if she was tame, but there were eight in the Medina Sayam, She's not tahar, then the waters bechal won't work. This is the din of rabshashis. From the word u tahira, the, the, the emphasis here is the vav, comes to teach you the din of Rebbe and Rabbanon again, that there's another possibility of a woman drinking and her not dying. And that is, that if she has chus, ultimately it's the chus tahira, then even if she's guilty, she won't die immediately. She's not going to be venixa, she's not going to be venizra zara, but she's not going to die. We'll so, that if she learned Taita, or as we'll show, if she made sure that her children learned Taita, if she waited for her husband to return from his Shiuri Taita, we'll learn later in the Gemara. It, it, help. it helps, we'll see later. And he, and the word he comes to teach you, interestingly, that if women who are Moizrois Balavana, the women who are spinning their threads to the moonlight, that's an expression of women that are gossipers, that if all of the gossiping women in the city are saying that she had a relation with that man, even if there are no witnesses, even if you don't have schus the trade is telling you that if everyone is gossiping that she's guilty, the waters won't work. So now we learn three times when the waters won't work. So now we see clearly from the Brice of the Din of Rapsheshis, that if there are Edom and Medina Sayam, asks the Gemara one second. Look at the Brice. The din of Rapshashis was learned from the words Tahira. The din of Schus Taila was learned from the extra vav U Tahira. Now we're going back, as we mentioned, to Rapshimin that we spoke out on Daf Vav Amadalov. 
We learned on Davav Amadalov today that the Gemara said initially that Rab Shimon that holds that Schus is not Toila, Rab Shimon also will hold that Aiden the Medina Sayam won't protect her. Says the Gemara, Rab Shimon, he we can understand why Rab Shimon won't be bothered by this Braisa when it comes to the din of Schus, because a din that's learned from an extra letter, Atana can say, I don't consider that letter extra. The whole word is extra, but the word is extra. But for Ha'ika, from the word, that we learn from Tahira that the waters don't work. So what does Rab Shimon do with that? So the Gemara says Rab Shimon has to agree to that. I, we had a great question on that Vava Medalev. What was the logic that Rab Shimon had regarding Schus? He had two questions. And the second question is, if Schus is Thailand, so then a woman who's taken innocent, she'll never be freed from slander. Because it's not that she'll drink the water and people will say, you see, she lived. She's innocent. They're going to say she was guilty. I, why didn't she die? Schus Thailand. So says, says the Gemara, on Schus, Rab Shimon Taka has that question. Which is why Rab Shimon holds chus won't prevent her from dying immediately. However, I, women are going to go around and say, there are Adam and Medina Sayyam. So he says, Look inside the Rashi, that's unusual. That, that for there to be Adam, that while she was secluded with this man, with whom her husband was suspicious, she was so loose, she was so uncautious, that not only was she alone with him, but two people were able to see that she actually had a relation with him, is hardly possible. It's very unusual. People don't think of that possibility. So no one is going to think that this happened. So no one is going to go around and say, ah, she didn't die because there were Eidim Medina Sayyam. It's something that's like Shchiyach. Schus is Shchiyach. Schus is Shchiyach. All of the Jewish women. Even if, God forbid, they're falling in this area, but they educate their kids to Torah, they wait for their husbands to come home to, as we'll learn later, aside of their own schusim. So that's why Rabbi Shimon says, if schus will be Torah, then every, every woman is going to have this, this, this thing over her head, and therefore he disagrees, and he says, schus is not Torah, and it's Hashem to be continued.